Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to another episode of Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson with Heather Shoemaker here. Heather, what are we talking about today? We're talking about utopia, paradise, how to create the next perfect generation. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't wait to hear how we do this. Uh, um, how, how, do, how, do, how do we do that? Well, <laughs> should I back up and explain myself? Yeah, I, I'd like to I need a little bit more detail here. Well, I think we're talking about friendship and adult versions of thinking about friends and making sure that kids are all treating each other perfectly and, and so on. Because I think that a lot of adults, uh, maybe not purposely, but we just imagine, okay, our generation didn't quite get the world right. There's war, there's problems, there's this and that. But this next generation, they're so innocent. Look at those baby faces. You know, these toddlers, these preschoolers, these young kids. They are going to be the saviors of the world. And if we just teach them from birth that everybody's friends and everything is roses and peaches, then the next generation will, will be perfect and they'll live in this peaceful, utopian world. All we have to do is call them friends and make sure that they think of each other as friends. Does I know this isn't the conscious thought, but this is how a lot of adults treat kids individually and in groups. How does that work? I, I, I'm just imagining that people have been thinking that idealistic and good-intentioned people have been thinking that for a long time during the uh, the course of our human existence, and yet... Yes, well, um, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> because in order to create a peaceful world, I'm not saying a peaceful world isn't possible. That is a great um, idea. But we do need, or a more peaceful world, we need peace skills, and those come from conflict and practicing conflict. They do not come picture books of smiling children of all races holding hands and just saying, we are friends, over and over. I mean, there are some good books that celebrate diversity and have, you know, global looks at, at the world and are, are promoting peace values, but there are so many picture books that are just trying to create this perfect world, and frankly, they're pretty boring. You know, um, <laughs> a lot of churches or, or schools will pick these books to read because they like the vision of little children just getting on, there's no squabbles, and <laughs> but th there's no plot, and there's no real information of how to get yourself out of a pickle if you're four years old and someone just took your toy. I mean, we need to, um, not everybody who's short is going to be friends with the other kids around them. They have different personalities, they have different interests, they have different abilities to control their bodies and their mouths. And some of the kids are, frankly, afraid of the other kids for good reason. <laughs> they haven't yet developed the ability to peacefully coexist. And I'm throwing that word peacefully in there. But in order to coexist, we have to develop some peace skills, some conflict skills. And we have to be able to recognize the fundamental truth that we are not all friends, but we can still coexist and respect each other. And that's the foot I think adults get off on the wrong foot that they're just trying to jump to perfect peace and friendship when what we really need to aim for is ability to resolve conflict and get along respectfully, even if we don't all like each other. Uh, 
important, <laughs> an important skill to learn if you're going to uh, to function in the world. Um, I, I this the, the whole let's all be friends thing and let's fix the world by fixing the children uh, really rubs me the wrong way. Primarily because I think it puts a whole lot of pressure on children who, as you say, aren't. They're, they're 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 budding flowers and 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 so I think if we if we're looking at making the world better we need to as the adults step up and do the adult thing and take on those responsibilities ourselves um, a little bit uh, that's enough of that rant but when it comes to us in the classroom what steps can we take um, as as early learning professionals and out of the classroom as parents to help children along this path Yes, well, one thing is a simple language issue. Um, I would stop calling groups of young short people friends. You know, all my friends need to come into the rug area, or um, friends, it's time to listen to the story, friends, it's time for lunch. Um, they're not all friends, so don't call them friends. And you probably, as the adult, don't really like all of them. You try to treat them well. <laughs> you try not to play favorites. But really, they're not your friends. They are the kids in your class. And... So use a word like classmate, or um, some some schools come up with names like we're the otters or we're the superheroes or you know whatever <laughs> name. Um, you can come up with a name, but I think we need to be honest about what a friend is. And a friend is a special person that, when they're young, it's usually someone who likes to do the same thing. So yeah. if you both like to play trucks in the sandbox, okay, then those two girls like to play trucks in the sandbox. Yeah, grand, grandbaby, grand, grandbaby older, needs somebody with uh, who who also has red hair, and they are automatically friends because they have the same yes, colored hair. Yes, they're discovering um, likenesses and shared interests, and yeah, they may be that they have the same kind of shoes on that day. <laughs> but adults also uh, gravitate towards people who have some connection yeah. to us in some way. Oh, you're both from Syracuse. Oh, and you become best buddies. Well, why should you be? Because you have some connection. Uh -huh. We're always searching for connections. And kids are doing this for the very first time. When they're young, they really don't have that much experience outside of their family circle or maybe their neighborhood circle. And so they're forming their first connections with people outside of their family, and that's so powerful. Um, and the opportunity to do that. And it also means spending exclusive time with this new friend, even if it's five minutes or it's an hour or it's day after day. But that's what a friend is, someone who spends time together and is interested in the other person and tries to um, be kind and take care of each other. doesn't mean that we're going to be mean to everybody else. So but if, if, you're, if you're in a classroom and the, the value of the classroom is that we are all friends and that's the language you hear from the adults that come into the space and you are stuck in the block area with a child who everybody says is your friend that's what the adults say uh, Timmy is your friend and Timmy's favorite thing to do in the classroom is to pull your hair or poke you in the eye when nobody's listening and it, it, it kind of throws up a false understanding of what a friend really is to a lot of kids also, doesn't right. it? It does. It, it, it gives them misinformation. Um, it also, kids, when they're forming their first friendships, they need good information. And one, one mistake a lot of children make as they're forming their very first friend relationships is they think 
if you played with me yesterday, but you're not playing with me today, then you're not my friend anymore. They don't realize that a kid that they were with yesterday might want to be doing something else today, um, either by themselves or with another child, and that they might still be friends and they can play again tomorrow or later th- later today. Mm-hmm. So it's a very black and white um, view of that. And for the adult, just to say calmly, you played with Joey yesterday. Right now, he's busy doing whatever he's doing. Um, he can still be your friend. I know that he can still be your friend, even if you're not together right now. This kind of sense of continuation, and it's not all over all of a sudden. And another huge misconception that kids often have is when they disagree about something. Okay, you be Robin, I'll be Batman. No, I want to be Robin. Well, we can't have two Robins here. Who gets the Robin key? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're working out game rules. They're, they're negotiating who's going to do what, and there's a disagreement. Well, you're not my friend anymore. You can't come to my birthday party. <laughs> I don't like you. you know, it's just, right, you hear these words come out because they honestly don't know or they're feeling so angry they're using the toughest words they can think. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. So the adult can help and say, sounds like you two have different ideas about how the game should go. I know that friends can disagree with each other. Just basic information. Uh And help them through that if they need help. But just so that they know it's not the end of the world. Because sometimes kids are so upset that they're losing their friend. Not just that they don't get the Robin cake. (laughs) But that they're losing their entire friendship. It's hugely emotional and it can get bigger and bigger than it has to be. So in those situations, Heather, do you do you stop everything in the classroom and do you pull the whole group to circle time and have a group discussion about this? Or you, do you just kind of in the moment uh, with, with those children kind of make a little comment and have a, have a, have a little share, a little discussion, and, and move on with your day? Do we make this a, a big thing or is it kind of an organic in-the-moment kind of thing dealing with it? How do, how do we well, you can do it at all sorts of levels. I mean, most children will have these same issues. So even if Joey and Sam are having it this moment, you can just say that and help them on their way. But maybe the next day you want to do a little puppet show or um, you know, share a story about two friends who disagreed and have the kids volunteer how the puppets could get out of that situation because it's something that's going to um, impact all children at some point. Yeah. And so, or read books about it, about two fr- There's not many books about friends that, that have arguments well, that, that might be sad, which... <laughs> yeah, it might be sad. It might get people angry. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... probably, probably uh, but really, there's a lot of books about friends, but uh-huh. not books about true friends. And true friends come back to each other and work things out. And they can be awfully mad at each other, but they still remain friends. And we need stories that reflect that, because that's what kids are trying to work on, and that's what they need help with. So you can work on the big picture level, and you can work in the moment. You don't need to stop and call a public meeting all of a sudden. <laughs> but you can integrate it into your life to help kids when they're feeling calm and not all worked up about these big ideas. They're lifelong ideas. Well, I think it's important that, that, that uh, we help kids understand this at an early age, that we're not all friends, because um, in some classrooms I, I see... I see a very early understanding of frenemies. Uh, this this person is my friend because we are in this classroom together, and the teacher says we're friends, but 
she doesn't have the same color hair as me or whatever it is. And, and, and so those competitions get started at a very early age too. And when, we, when we're all friends and don't acknowledge that we're different and we do, some people we just don't, don't get along with, um, it, it makes it hard to, hard to live together. So is it okay? Is it okay for kids to dislike each other in the classroom and to have that just be accepted and then we move on with our lives? Well, it's not only okay, it's going to happen anyway. It, it already has happened. Oh, so it's already happened, so we should just... Here's the, here's the message that kids need to get, is that it's okay not to like everybody that you meet, but you need to treat them decently. Okay, so we can not like each other, but we don't need to be jerks about it. Right, because you can't, even if you don't like someone, you can't hurt them, and that could mean hurting their bodies and uh-huh. pushing them or shoving them. It could mean hurting their, their um, souls, you know, their feelings. Yeah. So people are not for hurting. doesn't matter if you like them or not. And so, um, we, so th- that's the basic uh, renegade golden rule. People are not, um, you know, it's okay if it's not hurting. People are property, and people are not for hurting, not their bodies, not their feelings. So that's what's important for a civil society, for a peaceful society, for this utopia that we're striving for, is that we're not hurting each other and we're treating each other decently. And it's much harder to do that with people you don't like, right? Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. adults are kids. But that's the, that's a true skill, and that's what we need to be learning. Yeah, and, and that, that skill is harder to teach than we're all friends. Well, because it involves acknowledging that we don't all like each other, yeah. and that's scary for adults. It's not scary for kids because they already know it. And we knew it, too, when we were young. We still know it deep in our hearts, but we don't want to acknowledge it because it's not polite. Yeah, and we even know it when we're away from our classroom or the playground in our own right. lives, most of us. But we we get... If you want to go have a beer with a friend or go have lunch with a friend, you don't invite all the people you don't like so much. Yeah. You invite your friends. Yeah, and, and so I don't know why we get this, this haze over this whole idea when it comes to comes to children. It, it, it confuses and the confounds me. Generation. They're the next perfect generation. Yeah, yeah, well. I mean, we get a cloud. It is a haze. We treat, we, we often expect children to come up to a higher standard than the rest of humanity when they have fewer skills to do it. But what children do have is brutal honesty. And so um, whether or not we acknowledge that, they are seeing through what we say, but they're not being helped by it as much as if we're just honest in return. Um, and if a kid says, well, I don't like so-and-so, um, it depends if that kid is hearing that or, or being hurt by it. But we can just say, it's, you know, it's okay if you don't like everybody, but I can't let you hurt them. You know, people aren't for hurting. And, and just acknowledging it isn't going to make it more true than it already was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I when, it, when it comes to this, I think it... it ties into something you said in our in our last episode about how I, maybe it was the episode before that about how children are always always a new version the newest version of themselves because they're they're changing uh, physically and emotionally and and cognitively day in and day out uh, with with the brain development and the the new muscle skills and all this kind of stuff and so the fact that somebody's not your friend today um, doesn't it's fluid. Yeah, yeah, and and so we've got to we've got to un- help them understand that that ebb and flow of yeah. the fact that you're somebody 
today and and they're somebody today and you're right. going to be a little bit different or have a different interest tomorrow and so will they and and so being able to to go with that flow it, it's it's a complicated thing it's something we adults even have a hard still have a right. hard, hard time with but right and and i think some useful phrases for that is to say if the kid says well, i don't want to play with so and so she's mean or you know if you don't feel like playing you can translate you don't feel like playing with so and so right now yeah um, or usually if someone says she's mean, mean is a code word for she did something I didn't like and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. That's what she means. <laughs> so you can always unpack that word and figure out what the conflict is. Uh-huh. But another th- a message that kids need to hear is I know kids can change their minds. Or I know people can change their minds. Because it's, it's like a power struggle. It's like anything. Once a kid can voice an opinion, they often feel like they can't backtrack. And life, especially when you're young, life, and you're growing and changing, you need to be able to change your mind a lot. Um, so changing, letting them know that it's okay and that you're not going to judge them if they change their mind. You can say, that's how you're feeling right now. I know kids can change their mind. Just leaving it open is an option. Yeah, yeah. I, I think another one is that maybe we as adults need to pay attention a little bit more to our language. Uh, because I, you see it in the media. We we tend to escalate the language we use about people that we disagree with or don't like um, to, to extremes very quickly. Um, if, if, if somebody has a political view you don't agree with, they're Hitler. Um, and, and so when we go there with our language so readily, it kind of uh, models that for kids. And so maybe we need to, uh, to tone it down a little bit uh, when we're talking yeah, about other people. Yeah, and also carve out some adult space so that, I mean, it's hard to be good all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So carve out some adult space and, and get together with your friends and say what you want to say knowing <laughs> that it's a safe place. But don't do it necessarily in front of kids. Uh, you got you to have, have some a time and place to go talk, talk, talk uh, trash about other people. If that's what you need to get it off your chest, you know, it, it can, if it's not hurting anybody, I, I think Why that's not? I think that's a good idea. Um, anything else on the topic we should do before we wrap up? Well, just the last thing about you mentioned language. Friends are often something you'll hear in a like a playground, a public space, where one adult will say, "There's another friend waiting at the top of the slide, or wants to to swing or something." Well, the kids will think that's not a friend. I've never <laughs> seen that kid in my life. That's a stranger. <laughs> and you told me not to talk to strangers, which is another chapter in my book. But you know, we use friend just because it's a child. Yeah. And it's not a friend. It's someone you've never met before often. <laughs> <laughs> so call them what they are. You say, there's a boy waiting for, you know, or there's a, ch- uh, there's a, a child. Just yeah. name them what they really are and, and don't be so fixated on this, this illusion of perfect friendship because they will create the most amazing friendships in their lives. Often, if you, you don't force it and if you give them the skill to navigate human relationships. Yeah. And that's what they need to have wonderful friends. And sometimes those friendships will last a, a lifetime and that'll be great. And sometimes those those friendships last until they get out of the sandbox, which is which is also also great. Which is also great. It fulfilled the needs for the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Well hey, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We thank you for tuning in. You can get a hold of us on the interwebs because we're out there um, and it's not going to be hard to hunt us down. We'll be back in a week with another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. 
We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Exploration Journey Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.